Hi, everyone. If you're a regular listener, uh, How to Buy a Homey, then these 10 steps, the basics on how to buy your first home, it's going to be a refresher course for you. If you're a new listener and you are looking to figure out what these basic steps are, How to Buy a Home, Welcome to the podcast that's here to empower you, the first-time home buyer. We crush the confusion, we motivate and educate you, and we give you a clear and simple path, all while we have a little bit of fun and I nerd out along the way. Let's go. What is up? How to buy a homies. Hey gang, I'm David Sedoni, your host, helping first-time homebuyers for 17 years now and dropping this podcast, the undisputed authoritative leader for first-time homebuyers since 2019. Started it back then because most of the information and realtor guidance out there was garbage for first-time homebuyers. Wait a minute, that sounded like I'm only the undisputed leader because everything else is garbage. That's not it. Uh, <laughs> it's just that practically nobody else in the real estate industry gives a damn about first-time homebuyers. But no time to go into that right now. Newbies, if you want to know about me and what the podcast is all about, you can internet stalk me uh, and jump on that right now. TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, 163 other episodes, or you can go to howtobuyahome.com if you want to verify that this is no cap and that I do indeed slay. Yeah. See, you got to deal with some of that crap too. Today, the first steps of how to buy your first home from the very, very beginning. Okay, first up, if you want the step-by-step, -step, there's one massively important and essential piece that you have to understand. Thousands of people reach out to me and ask for the step-by-step -step that I'm about to give you. And I tell them all, think of this as a journey. And everyone wants a map to do this journey the best way possible. They want to avoid the pitfalls, the scams, and getting ripped off. And finally, they would like to end in the destination getting the keys and hopefully with a great deal. So here's the problem with asking me for a step-by-step. -step. When thousands of you reach out to me and you want that baby steps, here you go, one, two, three, four, you are all at different starting points. And unless you want this 10-step list to be the 10,000-step list, you're all going to have to realize that each of the 10 steps has multiple, multiple mini steps within them, depending on exactly where you are and your particular situation. All of you love y'all, but you're truly not special in this case. <laughs> Actually, you're very special, and that's why every, each and every one of you is in a different spot. So that's why uh, a simple top three or a top five or a top 10 step list, yes, it gives you the basics and some understandings, but it only is giving you part of what you need for what's probably going to be the largest financial decision of your life. It actually freaking infuriates me to see so many thirsty salespeople on social media trying to clickbait you with just follow these three steps and you can buy a home. Sure, it's that easy. No, it's absolutely not that generic. You're all different and nobody can give you a black and white, one size fits all, step-by-step -step advice. When they don't know where you are on the map, how can they tell you exactly where to start? Or if we're doing the steps, where you are on the step ladder, if you want to continue with the step-by-step -step metaphor. Actually, you know what? Let's combine metaphors. I don't care what your English teacher says. Mixing metaphors can be super dope. Uh, and this is the perfect example. Step-by-step how-to and where you are on the map of home ownership. So the perfect mix is... 
chutes and ladders. Perfect. See, it's a game with a map, a start and a finish, and it's got steps on the ladders. Yeah, get it? Not too shabby. It only took me 164 episodes to get the perfect metaphor for the map and the step-by-steps on how you buy your first home. And it shoots and ladders. Yeah, the kid's board game. It was originally invented in 1890 in the United Kingdom where it was called Snakes and Ladders. Did you know that? Eventually, it did come to America in 1943. And of course, we had to change it because God forbid we have a snake or something weird on uh, a game for kids published by Milton Bradley. And it shoots and ladders. New people, hang with me. I promise you're going to get the 10 steps. This is just how we roll here. So this mixed metaphor is so important because it's going to help you understand how to use the 10 steps to your best advantage. The Game Shoots and Ladders has 100 squares on the board. Don't question me. I Googled it. No cap. So for our mixed metaphor, imagine that there are 100,000 squares. Each square is going to represent a different stage in the journey, and we are not all starting at the bottom left of the board, off the board right there. No, no, no. I don't care what color you picked and you fought with your brother or your sister for the little dude or dudette. We all actually start somewhere on the board in one of 100,000 different stages, not just 100, and we're all starting on a different square. So no matter when or who or how you ask me, David, where do I start? The first thing I'm going to say to you is, it depends on where you are on the board. So nobody, and I mean nobody out there, should be giving everybody the same cookie cutter advice to let you know how everybody should be following these exact steps to follow home. No one should do that, period. Mic drop. That's putting you all in the same starting square, and you are not all at the same points in your life. Not only do you all start in different squares on the map, so everyone's very first step is going to be different, but you also could be taking different journeys. You don't have to go straight lines. You might be going in diagonals, and some of you with proper guidance, maybe you're going to land on one of those ladders and skip ahead. And unfortunately, I've seen too many people that try to do it on their own, and they end up on one of those chutes or snakes, if you're British, and you slide way, way back, and then you have to regroup and start your journey all over again. But for today, yes, I'm going to give you the 10 steps, and they're going to be mixed in those 100,000 squares that it takes for you to buy a home. Some of you out there might be on square 2,574. Some of you might be all the way on square 950,000, and you just need some final financial guidance to avoid that one long-ass shoot. Remember that one up at the top end there, and you slide like 50 down, which would be, what is that, uh, 500,000 in my 100,000 metaphor? So we want to make sure you avoid that even if you're way at the top understanding exactly where you are on the board that's the key here's the steps step by step on how to buy a home starting from the starter square and remember y'all could be in different places step one decide step two get a guide step three credit score step four is debt step five is saving Step six is goals. Step seven is learning the terms and the definitions. Step eight, online research. Step nine, practice adulting with a new payment. And step 10, know the current market and the current way to buy in that market. Okay, quick. Did you notice that get pre-approved for a loan was not in the steps? Neither was picking a realtor. That is because step two, getting a guide covers both of those. And that's 
less of a research project than most people think. It's actually more of a mindset change to help you do this right, which is why I've been giving out for years all these insider secrets and hacks to help you get the best service, specifically designed just for you and your individual first-time homebuyer journey. So let's go through all these steps. Step one, decide. Kind of a weird thing to have a first step, but truly, this is the one. Decide that you want to do this one day. That's it. Just decide. And here's the key. If you don't think now is a good time for you to buy, cool. But do you still want to do this someday? Great. Then why not start your plan today? There's only upside to starting a plan and stacking your chips if you need to, even if you want to wait. And there's plenty of downside if you just don't do anything and you don't figure out where you are on the board and you don't figure out what you can do while you're waiting, maybe right at the bottom of the board stuck on a square. So the thing about step one is decide and then start. Start your plan now, regardless of where you think you are on the board. So you're going to be in a better position to buy whenever it is that you get all the way up to the top of the board. The longer that you wait, the less options that you're going to have and the worse deal that you're going to get. So step one, decide. That's all. Decide that you want to start not to buy a home this weekend, just to start planning. Now, step one has a bonus. Step 1A, you have to believe in this and get rid of all the bad myths in your head. Said it before in the podcast, you have to Ted Lasso this and believe the myths are wrong. You don't need 20% down. You don't need to make $100,000 a year. Average student loans rarely hold people back from buying a house. PMI is not the devil, and I could go on and on and on. And no, you don't need an 800 credit score or 700 or 600. Hell, you can even buy at 580. But if you have time and a great professional guidance support team helping you, you can improve that score, which means you're going to get a better interest rate, a better loan program, and a better deal. And isn't that what we all want? But all these myths that are holding people back from starting, most of them are just plain wrong. Every one of these myths that you hold on to without actually talking to a professional to find out about it, it's going to hold you back. It's going to reduce your options. It's going to cost you money. And it's definitely going to delay the process for you to own and stop renting. It's not as difficult as you may think. So learn the real process and the real math so you can Ted Lasso this and believe, baby. It seriously doesn't matter if you're renting right now for $500 a month and you've only got 700 bucks in your savings account. Or if you rent for $3,800 a month and $100,000 saved, all of these myths are going to give you bad info and keep you stuck in the sand. And the math is not on the side of emotion or fear. And you're likely losing money every single day that you don't figure out what square you're on and get started. And hey, if you want to know more about this, the math is right there in my very own sad 1990s rental history. Yeah, that's because 1990s, because eh, I'm old. Drink. Now, that's going to confuse the new people, <laughs> the, uh, but that's the how to buy a homie drinking game. Uh, anyway, the math is right there in my own story, episode 98. Or if you want to, you can go all the way back to episode 48 from August 2021, when I discussed why there is no bubble back then. And guess what, gang? There's still not one today. 
And that's where I give you, in that episode, my introduction to that Ted Lasso believe theory. Great theory. And in the case of you buying your first home, lasso this and believe in the numbers. Believe in the buying plan. Those who listened to that and believed back then and then bought a house, guess what? They've made a lot of money. But that's not what I'm selling. This is not get rich quick. That ain't what I do here. This is your place to get free education to help you understand the math of waiting versus buying. That Believe in the Math episode was episode 48, and there's lots more to help you to help you get to the place where you believe in what's going on and you stop listening to the myths. We've got episode 40, 51, 57, 72, 151, 158, and all of the new and current market update episodes that are coming out weekly. By the way, if you're a regular listener and you were bummed out that we didn't have a lot of stuff come out in February, oh, I got a respiratory viral infection. It sucked. You know what they told me? Hey, uh, Mr. Guy who does a podcast, here's the only thing you can do for your lungs. Rest your lungs. They actually told me that. Rest your lungs. Do nothing. So, sorry there was a break, but I'm back. Now, those of you who are our regular listeners, I appreciate you guys coming back. And if you listen to this, usually while you're, you know, I don't know, walking your dog or doing a load of laundry or commuting to work or on the treadmill, and you are realizing that right now we're, I don't know, 15 minutes or so into this, and you only have steps one and one A so far, and you see how much time is left on the episode, I say to you with love, if you would like the other nine steps in a 30-second TikTok video or a one-page PDF, gang, that's, that's not my jam. You know me. And perhaps you should hit the rewind button, I don't know, a dozen times to go back where I discussed that there are 100,000 squares. <laughs> the steps are not simple. So help me help you. Now, that's a Tom Cruise quote from Jerry Maguire, a movie back in 1996. When I was throwing away money in rent instead of buying because I believed in the myths and I didn't have a guide in my ear holes like I'm in your ear holes right now telling you what to do. That's a great segue to go to step number two. Step number two, get your guides. Get your Yoda, your Sherpa, your Dumbledore and Hagrid, your trusted sources, or in that case, sorcerers. <laughs> I'm a dork. Get your killer support team and let them unveil the shoots and ladder game board to you like that magic invisible map from Harry Potter. Now they've got the magic and they've got the experience and they can open it up and reveal to you where you are on the board. And then they can help you find your ladder hacks and all your shortcuts. And of course, they're gonna make sure that you're gonna avoid those nasty shoots or snakes. Uh, although I don't know the laws in Britain, so don't buy a house in the United Kingdom based on what I say. And a lot of those, those shoots and even the ladders, they can be invisible to you without a guide because you've never done this before. Now, part of this step is where most people think that I'm crazy and you're totally right to think that. Uh, many of the horror stories that people hear about getting ripped off or getting scammed or having a terrible experience. Uh, it's usually about bad realtors and lenders who uh, have created those bad stories. And I don't think that the people are the problem. I think that the real estate industry is the problem. I know there's truth in that story because not everybody in this lame industry, in fact, most everybody who's out there actually reaching out to you the first time buyers and marketing to you, 
most of those people are actually not very qualified to help you in the best way. And that means there's a very strong, strong possibility they could screw up with the biggest decision of your life. And then they close the deal and move on and try to figure it out with the next one because you're only the fourth person they've ever done this with in their life. And the training that they get stinks. And yeah, that does include if your friend or sister or cousin or license decided to change careers and got their license three months ago. I love you and I'm super excited for everybody to have these great relationships with their friends, but this is a big deal for you <laughs> and it's going to be the biggest money you drop. So why are there so many horror stories and why am I warning you about this? Uh, I've told you recently there are 3 million licensed realtors and I think uh, I've done the math. It's about 2,990,000 and give or take a few. Um, they wouldn't give you the time of day unless you're ready to buy or they have all the time in the world for you and they're giving you lots and lots of attention, but they are ridiculously underqualified and may cost you tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, the ones who are experienced and could actually do a great job for you, well, turns out they're the ones that ignore you and treat you like garbage. The reason is because they want you to do all the work yourself. They want you to figure out where you are on the shoots and ladder, 100,000 spaces game board, all on your own, all yourself. They want you to do the work until you get right up to the top of the board. So why is that? Because realtors and lenders don't get paid until you hit square 100,000 and you go past the candy princess, whatever her name is, and you finish the game. Until you buy the home, nobody gets paid for the guidance. So they don't want the guidance period to be more than two days and then you start shopping for homes. So how long do I think you should take? Two days, two months? Two years, yeah, I think the minimum you should start planning is an entire year to work with a professional guide and get all these steps and find out where you are on the shoots and ladder board. And that's tough because people in this industry have figured out that they don't get a penny before you hit square 100,000. So most of them want you to do all the work on your own and get up to the 900,000 squares at the very top of the board since helping you to get there from down at the bottom to the top doesn't pay their mortgage or their rent for a lot of them. They don't get paid till the end, so they just want you to get as close to the end as possible. Shoots be damned. Moral of the story is the real estate and lending industry treats you like dookie until you're at the top of the board. That's why I started this podcast, to start a revolution, to change the industry and to give the power back to you, the people. And now... Our podcast has a million downloads and thousands of first-time homebuyers getting into this step, finding out where they are on the board. People are listening and they don't have to do this on their own. They just need to connect with the right people in their area, experienced people who care about first-time homebuyers, who are going to show you where you are on the board and not care that they don't get paid till you are all the way at square 100,000, even if you're all the way back at square, I don't know. 852. If you want to get deeper into this and hear me pull back the curtain on the whole real estate industry, uh, you can go back to the beginning when I started this podcast in my kitchen at three o'clock in the morning. My manifesto episode is episode number five, and you can hear me uh, start to go a little crazy and <laughs> reveal what I call the dirty little secrets of real estate. Uh, but remember, the goal was I was trying to help you beat it after I, I vented for a good 20 minutes or so. 
And once you get all the dirt, you jump into episode 86, where I reveal the biggest mistakes that most first-time homebuyers make, which is trying to do all these steps on their own, which, gang, this is not your fault. I truly believe it's not your fault that you're doing this on your own. It's because that's the information that's out there and that's going towards you. It makes you feel like you're supposed to do it on your own. That's what the skeezy people in the industry tell you to do because they don't want to work until they get really, really close to their payday. But there is a solution. It's in our revolution. You can be guided and maximize your buying potential. And sometimes, more importantly, your guide that's going to help you along the way is going to make sure that you avoid getting screwed because you can have a quality support team that's going to be right there to warn you about all those nasty shoots that can slide you way back on the board. So how do you get these guides? Well, this step is actually pretty simple. Get yourself a unicorn realtor first. They will help you find a unicorn mortgage broker and your support team is formed. I'm going to tell you this right now. If you're new to the podcast because you saw this was the 10 steps, uh, you're probably a little confused because everybody online and everything you read, uh, your friends and your family and your parents, even grandparents and your uncle who's bought 10 houses, I guarantee you they're all being told that your first step is to find a mortgage person and get pre-approved for a home so you can find out how much home you can buy before you go to a realtor or before you bother a realtor. And then you end up going down the rabbit hole of shopping interest rates to pick the right lender. Now, suddenly you've worked two or three months and you're doing the steps backwards. Now, once again, with understanding and humility, I understand that we're several 20, 30 minutes into this episode and we're still only on uh, the second step. But that is because of all these steps, uh, this one, getting your guide and understanding why you get your guides in what order I'm telling you, this is why I want to start the revolution. It is a passionate, 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 can't say it, but I feel it, passionate believer that there is a much, much better way to do this. And after doing this for five years, 10 years, and then suddenly it was 14 years into doing this, and I had to quit and start over because I saw that there was a much better way than what everybody was telling you online or what I was hearing from a lot of my personal first-time buyers that they were hearing from their friends and their family. And the way I explain to people is compare the information or compare the people who are giving you the information and ask them, you know, take a look and see how much they explain about the entire process before they just start shooting out all their facts to say, you have to do this, you have to do that. Is there a why behind it? What's their experience? You know, I understand. I know that my advice goes against pretty much everything on the internet and probably what all your friends and family say. The only defense I have is that, I have put out thousands and thousands of hours of content just for first-time homebuyers. I've got tons of great reviews. I've got 30 interviews with real people that did this by following the advice of the podcast, and you can listen to them for yourself. Nobody's saying I'm a scam artist in the reviews because I don't ask anyone to pay for anything. Everyone who on the interview is there to show that what we're doing here is trying to start this revolution I just sit behind the mic, spit knowledge, drop truth bombs, because you deserve this real information. No sales pitch coming here. And, you know, the few bad reviews that I did get on Apple, cool. That's because I'm a dork. Fine. I know I'm not for everyone. I'm not going to argue with that. But hey, it's free. So just unsubscribe if you hate it. For the rest of you, 
the detailed information that we're going to be giving you comes from years and years of experience, not from trying to figure out how to blanket the internet with information to get you to come to a lender. Listen to the interviews, listen to the years of information that I'm giving you. Finding a Unicorn support team is the best way to get yourself set up. Now, you're not going to hear it from everybody, but the people who did it that way, you're not going to hear horror stories from them. They're going to be educated, empowered, and understand the process. There's more information for you on episode 50 for picking the right realtor for you, or you can just hear me talk about it in every other episode, because <laughs> uh, I pretty much have been talking about get the team, start with the right realtor, and the right realtor can recommend the right mortgage broker to help you out. Been saying that since episode one back in 2019. That's the whole trick. That's pulling back the curtain. That's the dirty little secret. You need to pick what works for you from the best people in your area who are willing to work with first-time homebuyers. Then you're going to set up a full unicorn support team that has your best interest at heart. Again, if you're new to the podcast, this is going to sound different than anything else you're going to find online. I guarantee you're going to find thousands and thousands of people out there telling you you have to get a pre-approval before you do anything. Uh, I say this with love. They're just wrong. Yes, you can buy a home that way. You can. But it is not the best way for you to do it, period. So if you're wondering why you didn't hear Pick a Lender, Get Pre-Approved in My Steps, it's because it's not the way to do it, and I took it out completely. Don't shop for lenders and rates and your pre-approval first, no matter what the internet tells you. Friends do not let friends use online lenders. Just don't do it. It is absolutely the least efficient way for you to maximize where you are on the chutes and the ladder board. And worse, you might end up down a chute. Not because they're going to give you wrong information, but because the information is going to be coming to you from someone who's a order taker. Take your information, plug the numbers in, give you a number, and then say, go get a realtor. You need to start with a realtor first who can talk you through the process a little bit, help you understand the price points in the areas that you're looking at. Then they will gently hand you to a lender to explain, this person doesn't know where they are on the chutes and ladder board. Let's take everything they've got and build a plan. Now, if you want more detail on what that right lender should feel like coming from your realtor, that's episode 16, 65, and 66 to start. And there's even more info on lenders in dozens and dozens of episodes after that. All right, I know it seems crazy we're only on step three, but they're going to come fast and furious now because we're family. And step one and 1A and two are the ones that most people need to hear to get them off their booties. So if you're listening, you're a homie, you're part of the family, and there are people out there that don't want you to call them. They want you to do this alone. <laughs> now, what we're trying to do is make sure you find the people that are going to be helpful and not let you do this alone, offer you professional guidance, and they're good at their jobs, and they truly appreciate you, and they see the value in spending their time on you, even if payday doesn't come for a year, last lease ever. That's what we try and do here. All right, now here come the steps that you thought were going to be steps one and two. But don't skip the real steps one and two before you do these. It's like using the force without talking to Yoda or waving your magic wand without taking the dark magic classes. Will something happen? Sure. 
but it's not going to be the most efficient thing. And you may end up, you know, dropping an X-Wing or blowing up the wrong house. So get the guide to help you take these steps in order. Remember, they're going to help you find those ladders and avoid the shoots. Here we are at step three, where the rest of the world tells you this is step one. And they want you to do it on your own since they don't get paid for helping you through these steps. You don't have to fly solo. Make sure you do this with a professional support team willing to put in the time with you. A legit and caring realtor and lender will help you make these steps, avoiding all those classic first-time buyer mistakes. And here they are. So here they are. These are the next steps. And the guides from step two can be your cheat code to fly through these steps. Step three is work on your credit score. Step four is get a handle on your debt and then balance paying that off with step five, saving money. Step three, working on a credit score. Step four, getting a handle on your debt and paying it off, balancing it with step five, saving money. All three of these steps need to be done simultaneously to maximize your effort. But don't freak out. You can start today because each of the first baby steps in three, four, and five, they can be super, super small. For instance, just tonight, right now, after you listen to this podcast in 30 minutes, you can download your free credit report from www.annualcreditreport.com. You can take 10 minutes and organize all your debts onto one sheet, and then you can sign online to your bank and open an automated savings account with just 25 bucks that takes out as little as $25 a month. Bam, 30 minutes, you're done. Bam, look at that, you started. Three steps in 30 minutes, baby steps on three, four, and five. And sure, you can start these steps on your own if you want to, but it's not so great for your mental health to do this and play this game with no idea where you are on the board. How do you find the ladders and how do you avoid the shoots? Your stress level is greatly reduced when you have the support team guiding you. And buying a home is pretty stressful and your mental health is no joke. Now, before you ask me, why is credit score step three before saving money or what exactly does get a handle on my debt mean? Or how do I know where I am on your stupid shoots and ladder board so I know where to take these steps? Well, as to where you are on my stupid shoots and ladder board, by the way, that was really hurtful. Um, I really like my mixed metaphor. Uh, here's my answer. How the hell do I know where you are on the 100,000 spaces? That's the whole point, gang. It's not one size of its all. We need to find out where you are on the board. That takes finding the guides in step two, getting the unicorn realtor who can then recommend some lender support for you, and then your support team is all set up. And no, I can't tell you where you are and what the next step is when you send me a few details in an email or a text or a note. When in doubt, see step two. In fact, Let's go all the way back. Step one, decide. Step one, eight, believe. Then step two, get the best local guides. They'll answer the questions when they take in all your information, look at all of your life factors and help you with the next steps. All right, step three, working on a credit. That's the first in the simultaneous little bunch of steps we've got, three, four, and five. Because if you start in 30 minutes of your baby steps tonight, and then suddenly the dog is peeing on your laundry. The reason why I started with step three, even in your baby steps, 
is I do want you to start that one first because your credit score takes time and we're fast tracking you on this journey up our shoots and ladder board. Your lender and mortgage pro can help you understand where you are on the board with your credit score. Now, some of you might be golden, but if you need to improve your score or even if it's good right now, but it could still be a little bit better, you need to start that stuff immediately because the main way that you do that is using time and you can't go back to get that time. And time is the thing that helps grow your credit score. A higher score takes doing some things, moving some money around, reducing some debt, maybe talking to some creditors. And each of those things take time. And the higher score you get when all the rest of these steps are all ready to go, the better interest rate that you'll get, the more loan options that will become available to you. And all of that means you save a lot of money. The more time you have to work on your credit, the better. That's why it's step three. If you're starting with a low score, you can get more details in episode 90 to help you get on fast track. And if you're okay or you're good or you don't even really know, then go back and listen to episodes 3, 8, 56, 61, 64. They've got all the hats you ever need on working on your credit score. Step four, handling your debt. Now, that does not mean that you have to pay off all your debt. And in many cases, paying off all your debt is not the best move. I know, sounds crazy. But in some cases, paying off all of your debt might land you on a shoot and take you backwards. Insane, right? I mean, how could paying off your debt be a bad thing? How do you go backwards paying off debt? You can. The best way I can say it is that you get that professional guidance and they're going to help you realize that paying off your debt while you're trying to save money, it's a balancing game. I say that again. You're doing these all three simultaneously because the right guide is going to help you with this balancing game of paying down debt and saving money. The bank has some very specific criteria, and that's what makes the trickiest part of these first steps. They have certain formulas and specific algorithms and criteria that you have to reach to get your approval for your home. And it is not to have zero debt and a 20% down payment. Do not just pay everything off and think that you're sitting pretty and setting yourself up for the best purchase. There's a balancing act. Sometimes you reduce your debt to below 30% or 20%. And instead of paying that final bit off, you keep that money and you build up the cash because you're going to need to have savings. Wow, I must really say that a lot because I got super talking like this when I was talking. I really meant it. Uh, but it is a big deal, gang. Uh, it's the balancing act of reducing your debt while saving money. And only a pro willing to help you way ahead of time can help you figure out you know, how to do that, how to find the ladders, and how to find the chutes. And that leads us right into step five, simultaneously with step three and four, saving that money. How much? Dude, how many times do I have to tell you? I don't know. I don't know where you're on your board. I'm not your unicorn, so I can't tell you. But since everyone listens to my podcast because they want the, you know, quick, super fast answer so they can figure out if they should buy a house, spoiler alert, you should. Here's some simple, simple, very simple numbers. These are approximations that tell you how low the bar could be just to make sure that if you're waiting because you think you're not even close, 
to let you know you might be a lot closer than you think and you should get a support team and start planning. You can buy a home with as little as 3% of the purchase price. That's 3% for the down payment. Now, we're also going to tack on another 3% of that purchase price for your closing costs. That's a high estimate, so it could be less than that. But let's take the 3 for the down payment and 3 for the closing costs and say 6%. So you want to buy a $100,000 home, you need $6,000. Got it? 6%. That's the low bar. Now, again, if you're a military or veteran, you could do this with no money down. Or depending on what's happening in the market, there could be first-time buyer grants or programs where you could do this for zero down. That's why you talk to a support team. There are a thousand factors that come into play to see if you can qualify for the zero down or the 3% down, or maybe you're going to realize 3% ah, is okay, but at 5%, we get a better rate or 10% ah, is going to work out better for us. So that's why we have step two, get those guides, get professional evaluations from people way better than just punching things into a mortgage calculator because you're doing that blind. Now you want to hear how these numbers work in a real life scenario. Uh, listen to 161. Episode 161 is, I do a ton of interviews and this one was awesome. It just dropped recently. It's an interview with a, uh, a great, great, incredible girl named Sally. Girl, sorry, young woman, super smart. She and her hubby had $5,000 when they reached out to me. And they bought a home a few months later, $348,000 home with only $23,000 total. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh my God, great story. I got to listen to that. And then I'm going to call David and say, can I do that? I don't know. I don't know where you are on the board. I don't know all the things in your life. I don't know if that's how much money you need to save. Maybe, maybe you can. It depends on, maybe you're, you started on the exact same square as Sally did on the game board. Now, is it that easy for everybody? No way. But keep in mind, it, it's not as difficult as most people think. Side note uh, about Sally. Episode 161, if you listen to that, you'll hear she bought the home at the crazy high 7% interest rate. And that rate is going to be pretty much long gone as we get into the rest of 2023. And so most of you guys out there are going to be buying for closer to 6%. So let's get you saving. Don't worry about how much it is immediately. Start your baby steps yourself, then get the guide and they'll help you out because most of you are probably a lot closer than you think. To maximize your savings, you can go and listen to the seven-part series, How to Financially Prepare to Buy Your Home. All starts at episode 19. But start today. I mean today. Hey, you're here. You're still here. We're only on step five. And this podcast feels like it's been going on for 40 minutes or so. So look, I don't know. Um, but you're still here. That means you want to do this. So Come on, who listens to my dumb ass for this long just for fun, all right? <laughs> so don't just listen, take action today. Step five, saving money can be as simple as opening a savings account and putting 25 bucks into it automatically. Or if you're in a different place, put $250 a week in or $1,000 a week. But the key is do it today and set it up so that it automatically happens and gets moved right in that account. The rest of step five, how much you need, that depends on where you are on the shoots and ladder, 100,000 squares board. So get your unicorn teams for step two and figure it out. Step six, set your goals. Oh, and from here on out, all of the continuing steps you do while you're still doing steps three, four, and five. So step six, 
set your goals. Use all the info you gathered, get it to your support team, and have them build your goals with you, with your hopes and dreams and their practical application of what you can do. Set long-term goals. Then, when you know what amount you need to save to hit that long-term goal, then you know, great, when we hit there, we can get shopping. And while you're waiting to hit that goal, you can chop it up into little short-term goals. Do some simple division. And then celebrate each one. Small victories, celebrate them. Otherwise, gang, this could suck. And again, I am an advocate to make sure that you're taking care of your mental health. Now, I know that's going to sound a little weird because does it make sense to go out and spend money on an ice cream or a night out to celebrate because you said when our credit score goes up 25 points, we're going to go out and celebrate? Now, does it make sense to do that when I'm also telling you you need to save money? You know what? I say yes. It is a mental balancing act. And celebrating small victories is going to keep your mental health in a good spot, which means you're going to be able to do these steps better and faster. Sooner or later, when you dive into the podcast more and more and you listen to the episodes on the right time to buy, episodes 36, 40, 51, 57, 72, 75, 86, 151, and 158, and all the new current market update episodes that come out every week now that I'm back from my respiratory viral infection, well, then you're going to find out that the best time to buy a home for most of you, it was yesterday. So you're going to need goals and motivation along the way. Don't be afraid to celebrate the little victories. Step seven. Step seven is to learn the game. Learn the game like a player so you can beat it. All right, everything you need to know, all the terms, the definitions, and those crazy words that you don't like when someone starts saying them because it kind of makes you feel stupid because you've kind of heard it, but you have no idea what it means. Cool. Step seven, learn the game. Everything you need to know from A to Z. Terms and definitions for everything in real estate. And it's explained to you in layman's terms because sometimes you look something up and you read it on Google and you feel stupider than you did when you didn't know the definition at all. Yes, every episode A to Z. And this one step here, step seven, learning all those definitions and listening to all that, that's going to cover tens of thousands of thousands of shoots and ladder game board squares just in this one step. Just listening, learning the terms, the definitions, all the adulty and businessy stuff associated with buying a home. It's all in there, simple terms, and many, many bad dad jokes. Step number eight. Now, I know I told you not to go online. Now, this time, go online. Uh, as you work your goals, you're going to need motivation. And this is the fun part. Do your little celebrations. But step eight is get online and have some fun. I mean, plus, you should also kind of have maybe a clue of where you want to live. So that's where the online research comes in. Uh, episode 10 has a bunch of great internet hacks to help you home shopping from your very own phone, laptop, tablet, whatever. It's really cool. And you can learn a lot uh, about honing all your online stalker skills, um, stalking neighborhoods, not people, you creep. Um, and then you're going to take all that information that you get from the worldwide interweb. And then we're going to go IRL. You're going to get in your car, get on your scooter, get on your bike, drive different neighborhoods. And I do encourage you to walk some of the neighborhoods too. 
But a great way to figure out uh, a little bit more about what you're trying to do is start online and then drive different ways to work or to the store or the park or wherever you go. Take different routes and you're going to go through different areas and see how things are every day. Be especially sure that you drive through neighborhoods at night. Also at high traffic times, especially if you're looking at someplace near an elementary school. Make sure you see what that's like in the morning and the afternoon. A lot of people seem to think that their realtor is supposed to be the person that tells them, you know, what's a safe area and what's not. First of all, there's a whole bunch of legal reasons why we can't. But also, we're all different people. Only you know where you feel safe, where you feel comfy, where you feel joyful and happy. So you do the research. Drive to places, morning, night, traffic times, and then share the information with the realtor. You never know. You might go, oh, my God, this place was amazing. And the realtor's thinking, oh, my God, I wouldn't be caught dead there. <laughs> but that's the whole point. You have to make sure that you share that with them. It's your home and your opinion matters. So do the research. Moving on down the list, I haven't even hit an hour yet. Step nine, start making practice payments. By the time you're at this step in the process, you're probably going to be pretty high up our 100,000 squares on chutes and ladders. So this is the time for you to prepare for your new monthly payment. A lot of people don't actually end up uh, recommending this to their clients, and I think it's fantastic. It's a great way to prepare. You and your support team, you're going to have all your goals in place, and that's going to include the price of the new home that you want to buy. That includes your down payment and, of course, your monthly mortgage payment. Now, that means that if you've got a difference between your rent and your mortgage payment, you're going to know exactly how much that is. If your mortgage is more than your current rent, practice paying that new payment every month before you buy the home and then take the extra money and where are you going to put it? Oh, I know you've got a savings account that's trying to save up for your down payment and your closing costs. And if it's full and you have enough of your down payment and closing costs, cool, put it in the savings account anyway and then you can fix up the home after you buy the house. Now, look, this might not be for everybody. Some of you might have a very similar payment to your rent or some of you might even be less even with the new interest rates. There are examples of this that actually happened with some of our How to Buy a Homey listeners, uh, episode 45 and other interview episodes where the mortgage payment was can sometimes actually end up being less than your rent. Uh, now, but for a lot of you, it might be significantly more, but that's okay because rents go up and that payment that's more today, it's gonna stay at that payment for 30 years. Not to mention the fact that you're not stressed out because you followed steps one and 1A. You decided and you believe in the math. You're going to have all your goals set and you're going to be excited to make this stretch. And while you practice making this new monthly payment, you'll be putting the extra money into that fund. So it's a win-win. Step 10. This is a weird one. Stop listening to anyone who's bought a home and thinks they know what they're doing if they haven't bought a home in the last four weeks. Not four months or four years or four decades, Grandpa Joe telling me what to do. If they haven't bought a home in the last four weeks, the information they're giving you is obsolete. Current market conditions, they change everything in how you shop, how you write your offer, and how you negotiate the offer on your home. Everything. You've got two options on how you want to approach step 10. You can believe in your support team and ask them where you are on the shoots and ladder board and ask them what comes next. They're going to use their experience to get you to the finish line by giving you a combination of steps that you need to do in 
every standard market, along with some new tricky steps that apply specifically to the current market conditions that are happening right now in the offers that they wrote last weekend, because these people do it every single day. That's how you get your keys, how you avoid issues, and how you can tell your landlord to kiss off forever. They do it every day. They know what's up. Both historically, following the market and understanding where things might go, as well as understanding what's happening right now because they're active, involved, reading, and working with clients every, every single day. So that's why they know what's up. Or you can do option two. That's where you decide that you're going to listen to the other people and their generic advice because you're a sick control freak and you decide to research everything that everyone has ever said about buying a home and now you think you know everything. You can, but lots of the info that's generic and out there, it's in the 163 other episodes. Uh, you do that, you might be sick of my voice. Yeah, and it's all there. And a lot of it is could be true for the current market today, but uh, some of the information you find there, it could be a little bit different. And so you're going to want to make sure that even though you... Uh, decided you have to listen to all the episodes instead of asking your trusted expert, um, you're going to want to ask them on what's going on today, what's happening, what's working now, what's not working anymore. Like I said, feel free to get all the general knowledge if you really, really feel like you want to. Lots, lots and lots of that stuff is really great for you to know. There are episodes on uh, house hacks, 401k down payment assistance, gift funds, writing the offer, Credit polls, not going to kill you. Uh, episodes on FICO scores, FHA loans, VA loans for military and veterans. Awesome loan, by the way. If you're a military person, you need to know about the VA loan and never rent. Even if you're jumping from, uh, you know, station to station, I'm telling you, it's it, it is a great great information. Uh, this loan is so dope and you should be buying at every place that you're stationed. Um, there are episodes on uh, inspection red flags, new build homes versus resale homes, uh, buying a home if you're a 1099 self-employed person. Uh, and there's also stuff about the, the myth that is needing two full years of employment to buy a home. Buying a home while you're in college with no job yet. Yeah, it's totally possible. Episodes about that. Episodes about the PMI myth. PMI is not the devil. The truth about Dave Ramsey, who ironically kind of is the devil with some of his advice for first-time homebuyers. <laughs> Interesting. There's stuff on inflation, recessions, being house poor, down payment assistance, rising rents, buying in expensive cities, buying out of state, or even buying out of country, student loans. Again, buying in college, buying right out of college. <laughs> a lot of people ask me about condo or single-family homes, breaking a lease, debt-to-income ratio, timing the market, knowing the math, closing costs, Home price versus monthly cost, appraisal, appraisal gaps, bidding war, seller concessions. I could go on and on and on. In fact, I did in 163 other episodes. And although lots and lots of those topics that I did, a lot of that information is going to apply today. Some of it is dated and may have changed in as I say last four weeks. It seriously could have changed in the last four hours. So remember, that's why you have a support team. You trust them for current market information on everything. And that's why I keep putting out podcasts every week to help support what the unicorns are telling me from all over the country. And I give it to you because I know some of you are control freaks and you're going to double check on everything on everybody. And along your journey, if you need inspiration, 
while you're fortunate enough to have started your journey now here in 2023, after several real-life podcast listeners are now homeowners, you can hear them telling their stories, how they followed these steps, and how they now own a home. And no, they weren't all rich. Far from it. They didn't have hundreds or tens of thousands of dollars saved. They didn't all have a partner to buy a home. They didn't have two incomes. And many of them had no clue, or some of them will even tell you less than no clue when they started. <laughs> There's something for everybody here. These interviews are people that come from all knowledge bases, all levels of education, all ages, races, gender identity, careers, incomes, different debt situations, different credit scores. Some bought with a partner or even three or four people. Some of them bought solo. We've got stories from 19-year-olds to 59-and-a-half-year-olds. And we've got episodes from highly educated people on buying a home before they found the podcast and then what happened after they found the podcast to totally clueless and curious people that found the podcast and went, oh, my God, I can do this. You can hear how Alvin and Ashley worked with me, me, and I'm in their ear every single day, but they still jumped the gun on the steps, tried to climb a ladder on the board, <laughs> despite my counsel, and uh, it's a fun story. Listen to that. It's episode 33. There's millions of real life lessons in Madison's story. Single 24-year-old, really intense conservative saver who found out that because she had done such a great job saving since she was a teenager, she was more than ready at age 24, and she probably could have and should have bought a home at 21. That's episode 53. Episode 109 is Brian and Diana. They killed it. Bought a home in record time. They were talking to their friends at the party, wondering if they could do this, and then with no plans of buying, shifted everything into high gear and we're out looking at homes in a matter of weeks and closing in like three or four months. We've got a dude in his early 20s, Randy from Minnesota or someplace else freezing. I don't remember. It was just cold. It's episode 71. He had zero credit, early 20s, unemployed, decided he wanted to figure this out, did a little work, and in less than a year, bought a $200,000 home. If you want more inspiration from people that are young, now it's funny because I say this when I'm here in the studio and my video producer's 27 and it makes him feel bad. <laughs> but it's supposed to make you feel inspired that these 19-year-olds are buying homes. <laughs> two of them, two episodes. I found them on TikTok and I asked him to share their story. And another great classic episode is episode 119 with Brianna. She's a military person found the podcast, and started her process, pretty much did everything to buy a home while she was stationed in Germany. Her story is amazing with tons of tips. Episode 119, that's a great one. And I mentioned it before, just recorded Sally, episode 162. It's a must listen. If you want to do this, whether you need it for inspiration or whether you need it for information, go to 161 right now. Go, go, go. And there's so many other good ones in the catalog that might pertain to you. You want to hear from real people instead of salespeople? Cool. I looked them up. There's 30 of them. Want me to read them all to you? No, this episode's too long. But they start at episode 24, and they go like 24, 31, 37, 45, blah, 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 blah. And they go all the way to episode 161, Sally. 30 stories 
from people from all walks of life that they went from renters to buyers. And look, if you're listening to me in your ear holes right now and you want to figure out you know, where all those episodes are, you don't have to stop. You don't have to write it down. It's all at howtobuyahome.com. In fact, if you want to ask me a question or find out where a local unicorn support team, see if there's one near you, go to howtobuyahome.com and ask David. You can read all the transcripts, ask me a question. It's all at howtobuyahome.com. And if you listen to these interview episodes, many of the people that you hear at one time I bet they they talk about how they felt just like you do right now. They had the thoughts that you're having right now. So they figured out the plan. They found their guides. They figured out where they were on that shoots and ladder game board, found their ladders, avoided their shoots, and now they're moving on to their next adventures in life with the security of being homeowners. They did it. And you can too. You're still here. You're still listening after an hour. I know you want to do this and you probably should do it. So it's time. Get ready. Get going. Be the hero of your own story. You can do this. 